0: This morning we are going to hear from three of our individuals on their spiritual journeys. Uh, Tyrus Moki, Joycelyn Lannon, and John L. Sophia. One and one of the other will come. <laughs>
1: Good morning. First of all, I'd like to uh, thank Barbara, even though she's not here, uh, for inviting me to do this. It's something I really hadn't thought about, and uh, her invitation brought up some, uh, caused me to to relive it and bring up some memories. So, um, In the early 60s, I was born uh, in a small West Texas town into uh, Catholicism, into a Catholic family. My, uh, My mom and my three sisters, at least, were Catholics. Dad was not. So um, from kindergarten to third grade, I went to a Catholic school uh, with uh, mass on Fridays, and every Sunday we went. And um, I guess at this time, I started questioning things. Even though I was young, I just had a lot of questions that really never got answered. And uh, when I think back about my time at Holy Angels, I don't think back about, I I don't recall the message that was delivered throughout that time, throughout those years what I recall the most is the torture. I mean, uh, the, the discipline. I mean, no, the rules, the, the rules that we had. I, I, I don't think of, of, of uh, anything other than, you know, the wooden ruler, um, and I, I basically, I just didn't understand. In the uh, summer between third and fourth grade, we moved to a suburb of Dallas, and I went to public schools, uh, but I became an altar boy at a, at a church in Plano, and um, uh, served for several years. And at this time, the questions grew more intense and, and, and just just I still couldn 't get answers. Uh, for instance, one of my older sisters uh, was a, a bad girl she 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 was a wild child and always getting in trouble and of course, I was the youngest, and I was the the, the, the good one the, you know, doing everything right and I never understood how i 'd go to heaven and and be happy in heaven knowing that she was going to be burning in hell I, I just could not grasp that concept and neither could anybody i asked uh, within the church uh, so i couldn't get an answer so again i just have to say i i didn't understand another one of my older sisters uh entered the convent and uh i really thought that was pretty cool actually when she came home she wore her habit and we went to six flags and and her habit and uh I remember it, it, at the grocery store one time some of my friends saw me with her and took off running because they didn't know she was my sister. They were like, what are you doing with that nun? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that, was, I, I, that was pretty cool. But, uh, but again, it didn't fill any, you know, anything inside. And uh, she left the con run after a couple years. And uh, she said it was a mutual agreement for her to leave, uh, but basically she didn't understand the torture. I mean, uh, discipline, <laughs> the rules, the rules of Conrad uh she did take me to see a movie called the trial of billy jack and i had seen billy jack the original uh earlier and again i was pretty young at the time that i saw both movies and and i I never grasped the message there there was a a strong message in, in both movies about spirituality and how you treat each other's and and uh it may have been the genesis of, of, of the tur- or the turning point, the awakening, whatever it was, that, that what the message I was getting there was different than the one I was getting on Sundays. And I felt much more comfortable with the message coming through the movie, even though granted it was a movie. But this guy Billy Jack, you know, he was a he was he was an outcast, he was strange, he had the nerve to believe in the inherent worth and dignity of every person, you know, uh, as opposed to the message I was getting on Sundays. So I've, I've gone back several times and watched those movies because they, they really speak to me. And as an adult, uh, they're, uh, you know, I, I can now see the, the message inside and how strong it was. Um, my, uh, my dad was a gambler uh, and as a result, taught me uh, you know, how to play craps, blackjack, all the, all the gambling games when I was an early teenager. I remember you know, learning on the kitchen table how to shoot dice. And uh, as a result of that, when I got a little older, I, I hung out with gamblers and and uh, one of my running buddies in, in the Dallas uh, gambling scene was, uh, uh, I guess got saved and uh, poured out all the alcohol and threw away all the books on gambling and stopped gambling and all that. And One day he and his wife were trying to convert me. And uh, I asked a question, I said, you know, There's a John Cougar song now called Small Town and one of the lines in it is, taught to fear Jesus in a small town. And I don't understand why you should fear your creator. That's just a concept I've never never believed in and that was what their church was all about. And uh, the answer I got was, you can't listen to the lyrics of a rock and roll song to guide your spirituality. And I, you know, okay, it came from a song, but still I know a lot of people who fear Jesus and it's something I don't understand. So again, I you know, fall back to I just didn't understand. Um, at 24, I, I being the gamer where I was, I moved to Las Vegas. And uh, for years I just kind of subscribed to the, I call it the I don't know religion. Uh, whenever it would be brought up, I, I never used the word agnostic. I just always said, I don't know where we came from. Uh, I don't know what we're doing and I don't know where we're going and I'm just living life and having fun. So that, that was a, you know, when you're in your, in your early 20s in Vegas, that's, that's what it's all about. But uh, there's an investigative reporter in Las Vegas named George Now, And once a week he did a 30 minute show after the news and had different guests. And one week his guest was a guy named uh, John Lear. John Lear is an expert on uh, UFOs and aliens. And uh, Mr. Lear talked about the crash in Roswell and the fact that several aliens survived the crash and were brought to Area 51 outside of Las Vegas and were interrogated. And uh, when, when George Knapp asked him uh, what their religion was, he replied it was pantheism, that they followed a pantheist religion. And I'd never heard the word before. And so the next day I went to the library, this was pre-internet, I went to the library and, and looked it up and it, it, you know, in a nutshell, it's God is nature. And that just clicked with me really strong. That just just made sense. So I became pantheist in my own mind. There's no physical uh, pantheist churches, or at least there weren't back then. Um, when the internet came along, I did join the world pantheist movement and I uh, uh, got a quarterly magazine and got to read some sort of online and all, but there wasn't a sense of community. So it just kind of fizzled away, even though I still believed it inside. It was into recycling before, before everybody was, before it was popular, before, when you really had to go find a place that would take your recycles and, and stuff like that. That just really meant a lot to me. Um, a Few years later, my dad died. And uh, on his deathbed, uh, my mom brought in a priest and he converted to Catholicism so that the priest could do last rites before he died. And while I'm very happy that that comforted my mom, to me, all I thought was, you know, we're trying to trick God. I mean, (laughs) does
2: God
1: God not realize that for 54 years he wasn't a Catholic? And now all of a sudden he was? So again, I I didn't understand. Um, About nine years ago, I, I left Las Vegas, went back to Texas, ended up for work coming to Louisiana. Uh, coworkers of mine uh, always thought I was a little different and, and knew that I just didn't fit in with everybody. And, and uh, one of them came to me and he says, you know, I go to this church that you might like. I think you'd, you'd like it. And he said, it's called All Souls. And it's a uh, Unitarian Universalist. Again, I've never heard of it. Um, so I said, yeah, I mean, yeah we'll see. And uh, a few months after that, I, I got transferred back to Texas. Uh, 16 months later, I was transferred back to Shreveport, and a few months went by, and then I went to my coworker and I said, uh, "What was the name of that church?" Because I, I knew inside I was missing something. I, I I couldn't pinpoint it, but I was just missing something. So he told me. So uh, so I came down here and, and uh, just right away I was I felt comfortable, and uh, that just at my first service, just uh, when when the uh, when that was wrong. What's that called? <laughs> okay. When, when when Barbara hit that, it just, I don't know, it just all kind of came together. So that was two years ago. So I've been here two years. And um, uh, I feel very comfortable here, very at home here. I went back uh, back to Texas, and I told my sister that had left the convent, I found this great church. <laughs> and uh, I, I said, it's Unitarian Universalist. And she says, I was at UU for 20 years and I lived in San Antonio. And I had no idea. I, I really didn't know, she didn't talk about it. And, and, and uh, uh, we've gone to a few uh, services. When I go back to Texas on weekends, we'll go to, to Tyler or, or Longview or up in Plano. So I, I really never, when I go to Las Vegas on Sundays, I'm, I, I go to the UU out there. So I, I really feel comfortable And, and uh, I guess in, in, in closing, um, I didn't, I didn't really mean to bash Catholicism. It, it wasn't the intent of this. But the entire time I was there, I felt like I was a, a cynic, I guess. I was, I was looking for reasons not to fit in, not to believe. Um, I learned a new word this year, uh, heretic. And, uh, and I think maybe that, that applies more than cynic. I, uh, but I, I feel comfortable with that. But I have yet to have that feeling in all souls or, or any... Churches I've been to—it's just always been about welcoming, accept, accepting, and, and love—and and that's uh, that's why I'm staying here, and that's what brought me here. Thanks.
0: quiet. Makes me nervous. <laughs> really nervous when everybody's really quiet. I'm Jocelyn Lanham, and um, if I go over four minutes, will you tell me, please, because I don't, or five or whatever. So, three. I think it's four, right? Four. Okay. So um, I'm pretty literal, as in if someone gives me a question to answer, I answer that question. I don't really stray from it. So I wrote my three questions down that she told me to answer, and I'm going to try to stray away from it so it's not so uniform, okay? Um, why am I a UU? Well, I don't really know. Just like everybody else, we don't really know why, why we're here doing what we're doing, but we love it, right? <laughs> we love everybody here, and we love doing what we do because we just try to be a better version of ourselves every day. So um, my husband and I were both raised in very religious homes, families, churches, and um, pretty much were forced to believe this way or no way, either do this or get out. So um, we were a little bit different as we got older, and we
2: are the total black sheep the family, we're total outcasts,
0: but that's okay. And um, our kid is pretty awesome. He's not our black sheep family. So perfect. <laughs> anyway, so, um, I'm trying not to read my stuff so it doesn't sound so boring. Um, because tires did a great job, and it's really hard to up you know, to that. So, anyway, we had a really hard time trying to find a place to call a church home that we wanted to take our family um, after we got married. And we first visited a new church in Houston in 2005, I believe, and then regularly attended the one in uh, the Woodlands, Texas, and that's where we lived and we went there for a few years, we were very involved. Um, we never actually joined, as you would say, like, with your paperwork and stuff. But we, um, we attended regularly, we were very involved. Uh, I was a youth leader with the YRU program, Young Religious Unitarian Universalists. I don't think our church has one here, just because we don't have that many. At that age you have to be like 14 to 17 I believe.
2: Anyway, um, I met Susan
0: um, and we would work with each other Usually every quarter, or sometimes even once a month, uh, with youth doing things because we would meet up for rallies and whatnot. And in 2008, we came to this church. Our, our church in the Midlands came to this church for a rally, and you kind of fall in love with it when you walk in. So I can't really—I don't have to explain it to you because you probably see exactly what I'm talking about. And we had lived this report before, and when the opportunity came up, um, we knew that we needed to move because. My, my dad had been ill for a while, and I needed to come take care of him, and um, we just moved we to Shreveport. So this was a huge deciding factor in coming back to Shreveport, though, honestly. that We loved the church. We never knew it existed before and before I came here for that. So um, that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm at UU, and that's what brought me to All Souls. And what made me stick around is um, my, well... We joined at this church. You you guys have papers on us, so we're stuck with you. Our son wanted us to join. He kept saying, why don't we go to the the newcomer thing? And I was like, well, we're not really newcomers anymore. You know, we've been coming here a long time. He's like, well, don't we have a better stuff? Like, I'm like, well, you just, you don't have to have that. You don't have to have that stuff. You don't have to have the stuff to be a member. he was very adamant, like, let's join, let's join, so we did it. And um, it was really hard for me. I, didn't, I never thought it would be that hard, but I guess it was kind of like, you know, we didn't get married until he we was six. Um, I don't really have a commitment problem, but <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> it's just the whole paper thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's not really why I stick around. That's, I mean, if you just look around you and all the people that are here and the helpful, smiling, loving souls, I guess, you know? I mean, like, we all just kind of love each other. That's, I want to make Shreveport a better place. I love Shreveport, and um, I think it can only get better, so it needs to get a lot better. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that our church can participate in that. So I think my four minutes is probably tripled. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. hmm? You're fine. we are good. Okay. Okay. So. Anyway. Um, I think that's, yeah. That's pretty much it. So okay, that's yeah. just that's us, and they're not <laughs> using
2: is a little unnerving when you're all quiet. Um, I figured they put me last so they could cut the PA system if I won't shut up, because that is a real fear. Um, it's supposed to be four minutes. That's probably barely enough time for me to clear my throat, but I'll do my best. Um, Barbara didn't give me any questions. I probably, because she knew I wouldn't follow but, um Why am I a UU? Uh, my standard joke with that is I'm a member of this church because no other church will have me. And that's really not a joke. Um, My entire life, I I, I did not have, unlike uh, two members before me, I really didn't have a religious upbringing. My father was raised to be a Church of Christ minister, literally preaching when he was 14 years old. Instead of doing that, he became a Marine, which is not as much of a contradiction as you would think. He went from being a zealot of one religion to a zealot of a different religion. Uh, But we didn't go to church. We did occasionally, but I didn't have much of an upbringing. Uh, religiously or spiritually. Uh, the closest I came to was my father sober up when I was 14 years old. That was actually the first time I was ever exposed to anything considered a, uh, a spiritual path. Uh, and it's pretty amorphous, you know, kind of a do-it-yourself type of thing. And I liked that. Uh, going into college, read a lot, and I was probably 21, 22 years old. Uh, if you'd asked me, you know, what's your religion, I'd be been, I don't know, Protestant. It's what it says on the dog tags. I'm... I didn't know, but I didn't really care what that meant. Uh, And I sat down, I was about 21, and I thought, do I actually believe any of this? And what came back to me bluntly was, did I believe Jesus was the son of God? And I was like, nope, don't buy it at all, really never have. So I have no business calling myself a Christian because I'm not one. And out of respect for Christians, I continue to not call myself a Christian. My brother is a staunch Baptist. Uh, One of the actual best examples of what uh, I've, in my adult life, conditioned to be, uh, to have a fairly negative response to. Um, But he has never tried to convert me. We've had some great conversations. And I remember we were at his church and it came time for communion. And he was like, you know, he's kind of just like, you can't take communion. I'm like, I would never take communion. Out of respect, this is the most sacred Christian sacrament, there is. For me, to, for me, it's juice and crackers, because I don't believe it. And this does bring me down to here. I'm not trying to bash Christianity, because I actually have an incredible amount of respect for it. I think there's a great deal of truth. I disagree with nothing Jesus said. Peter and I have, problem, I have some disagreements. Um, but the point was is that uh, the idea of, I was talking about the, uh, the rules I never really sat down and thought about what does it mean to believe something? What does that mean? And do I believe it? There's a myth that uh, UUs don't care about theology that much. I think that's the exact, it's diametrically opposed to the truth. I care greatly about it. Because if I didn't care about uh, theology, Broadmoor Baptist, they have amazing facilities. Um, There are people there with a lot of money that I could socially meet and everything like that. It's less than a mile from my house. If I could actually sit there and listen and just socialize, I, my life would probably be smoother in this town. I can't. I cannot sit and listen. I have a tendency to argue and, a lot, and, I, and question and I go, no, 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 no. no, no. First of all, you misquoted that. That's not what it says. In context, it says this. And a lot of churches don't respond well to that. <laughs> uh, this one does. You, I started attending UU uh, churches when I was in college. UU Church in Columbia, it was actually a fellowship. It's lay led. Um, they called a minister while I was there. Um, he was actually an Air Force veteran. He was an interesting guy. Um, so when we were in Pensacola, we went to the UU Church. Not all UU churches are the same. UU Church is, Pensacola is, at least for my view, weird, very high hippie quotient there, um, which did not gel well with me. But that, I've been a member of this church for 15 years. I came here in 2001, uh, which is when I was stationed at Parksdale, and very quickly realized that this was the place for me and my now ex-wife. Um, but the thing I remember is my, our children who grew up in this church, uh, Katie, we put, put them down, and they would toddle off, they would run away, completely secure, didn't even look back. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't even see them for an hour and a half, but they were all right. People of this church took care of them, and they felt safe and comfortable. And I trust the instincts of children. And uh, so that's why I've come back, is because this place, and I disagree with some of y'all just as much as I do the Baptists. The difference is everybody's okay with that. Um, I'm unconcerned with what each of you individually believe. I would love to have a conversation about it. I'd love to try and learn from you, uh, to know what it is you believe, uh, I and the fact that we can have that exchange that uh, you know I've sat down literally with a Buddhist and a Christian and I'm closest to is a Taoist uh, and Taoism and Buddhism to be honest with you are very close cousins and I like to talk in case you haven't noticed and I like to think uh, when I came here I like the big questions what I call strategy I begin to realize because I, I tend to being former military speak and think in uh, military metaphors The big ideas and and all the things you talk about, that's the strategy of life. That was never my problem. Um, In the time I've been here, I've been through four separate careers, two wives and at least five different hairstyles. And that's only 15 years. Um, Tactics. Tactics is how you engage the enemy on a day-to-day basis. Life has always been my enemy. I am a type A, ADHD type of guy. What do you do with today? What do you do with 10 minutes? How do you engage? And that's more where I am now. I still love to talk about those things, but they're really not that important. There's an old Dallas idea that uh, if I understand, things are as they are. If I do not understand, things are as they are. Uh, My understanding is relatively irrelevant. And so now I try and engage day to day. What I think, what I say is not as important. What I do is... I think there's more spirituality in tearing out the wall underneath my cabinets to replace some plumbing than I do in a 20-minute discussion. Because at the end of it, I don't know, I think half the things that I believe in I've made up (laughs) just because I want to have some narrative to my life. Um, More and more, I think that's what all we do is literally... We have this meat body that responds to things and a meat brain that does so. And then we have this consciousness that rides along with it and kind of makes up the story so that we have some idea or belief that something's happening. Um, And there's not a lot of, you know. So because of that, I can't sit and listen to any organized religion. And we are definitely not an organized religion. I can't sit and listen to any organized religion talk about the story of this is what God, the entire idea is like, this is what God wants. I'm like, how could you know that? How can anyone know that at all? No one here does that to me. Um, And I respect that. I I, I often describe us as the, the island of misfit toys. We are those who do believe. We don't all believe the same, but we believe, and we've all agreed, and we know what it's like to be somewhere where people were telling us what to believe, and we just couldn't do that. Barbara's often said that, um, you know, they say, we're the church where you can believe whatever you want. I think if we could believe whatever we want, we have chosen something a lot more socially acceptable. Uh, She says that we, we believe what we're compelled to believe, and that feels more true, because it would be easier to be a less contrary individual than I have a tendency to be. Um, Doesn't seem to work out that way. So that's why I came. That's why I'm here. And that's why I keep coming back because it's a church family, true family. I don't get along with all of you. Don't even like some of you. Some of you don't like me. And that's okay. And I like the fact that we don't pretend that it's any different because that's truly what family is about. You've got as much right to be here as I do. You've got a place here. Everybody does. Anyone who walks through that door, this is the place where if you haven't fit in somewhere else, you're going to fit in here. So, thanks.